You're listening to the Weekend Sport Podcast with Jason Pine from Newstalk ZB. Let's get you across the Tasman now. Our Australian correspondent, Adam Peacock, out of codesports.com.au, Channel 7 and all sorts of other um, media platforms on that side of the ditch. Want to start with cricket today, if that's okay, Adam. David Warner has retired from Test cricket. He had the longest farewell in history a week or so ago at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Do we have an answer as to who's going to open the batting against the West Indies for Australia when that Test match starts in Adelaide on Thursday? We do, Piney. Good afternoon. Steve Smith, he's uh, he basically said, no, nah, I'll do it. And everyone was like, sure. And he went, no, nah, I want to do it. Right. Because they want to get Cameron Green into the, the, the top six at some point um, or in, in some position. And the the first thought that was Green was going to come in and open, he's, he's good enough to do it, whether or not he was going to give him time to, to settle because uh, they want to give this guy every opportunity. So, They've identified him as primarily a number four batter because that's where he's been playing state cricket over here. So what this has done is allowed Green to go into the team as at number four um, to probably allow him to grow into it and give him more time and more comfort. So Steve Smith, um, as Steve Smith does, just comes up with a left-field solution. And uh, (laughs) it's all about him, um, which is unusual like Steve Smith. He's he's usually the ultimate team player, but um, no, he's, he's put his hand up to this. And does that dilute his effectiveness at number four? Because he's he's so good there. Uh, I, I guess he'll probably go out and get a ton, won't he? But, uh, but what does it do to the balance of the Australian batting lineup? Well, the, the thought was that Smith actually, um, he was at his absolute peak at number three. And he, he was on the mic last night in a Big Bash game and he was, he was talking through the process of, of why he, he went this way. He said, well... A lot of the times under uh, at number three, I was coming in the first two overs anyway. If there was an early wicket, so it, it's not much difference. And talking to um, New Zealand's favourite cricketer Brad Hatton earlier this week, he, he said that um, he said that uh, this will actually change. Uh, or it makes sense from Smith's point of view because a lot of bowlers want to bowl short to Steve Smith uh, and at his hip. Well, it's a bit of a waste of a new ball if you do that. So it's going to put it back on the, the bowler to decide how they want to get Steve Smith out. And, um, yeah, I'm, when you think about and hearing all the, the commentary about it the last couple of days, a lot of it actually does make sense. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's been an interesting talking point for the last six weeks with Warner going. I think it actually almost completes a set for Smith because he's batted. I think when he started in the test team, he batted at eight and nine in his first test. Yeah, I mean that's back. You know, that's in twenty ten. But he would have batted just about every position apart from ten and eleven once this is all over. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. He, um, yeah, because he was a bowling all rounder. He was like a, he was like a leg spinner who they picked. Oh, we'll, we'll give him the cherry and he can bowl some leg spin and oh, by the way he can bat a bit but you know and it's just remarkable how he's turned himself into the elite batter he is it's so unusual but as we know with Steve Smith he's unusual is not far away from him <laughs> with the way he goes about things so yeah his, his technique and the way he prepares so no it's um it, it's the latest twist in his career and he's, he's probably going to make a go of this as well. Big couple of weeks ahead uh, in Melbourne. Aussie Tennis Open underway tomorrow. Can we start the women? We had Coco Goff looking really good over here in Auckland uh, a week or so ago. She's never got past the fourth round at Melbourne Park. Is Coco Goff a chance at the Aussie Open? Yeah, yeah. She, she's never been past the fourth round, but she's never been in the form that she's been in in the last 12 months. So, 
yeah, she's she's an absolute top three pick. I think it's her, Sabalenka, and my pick, um, Rybakina, the the uh, Alana Rybakina who won Wimbledon a couple of years ago. She she has been so good these two weeks. She's playing playing well in Adelaide. She played really well in Brisbane. She destroyed Sabalenka in the final. So, yeah, I, I can see it going that way. But um, the, the women's draw does throw up a lot of surprises at the Australian Open, so I wouldn't be shocked if there's more of that. In the men's, how unbackable a favourite is Novak Djokovic? I, last year, I had him as an absolute moral, like the tournament's over, who's he going to play in the final and who's he going to beat in the final. This year, I think the pack behind him has got a little closer, namely two guys, Yannick Sinner, who, who hasn't made a Grand Slam final, so he's still a bit more of a watch. And a player I've watched twice this week uh, play exhibitions on Rod Laver Arena and Carlos Alcaraz. My goodness, <laughs> this kid is so good. He is so, and he's so good to watch because he's got an all-court game. He, he plays drop shots for fun. Uh, he can volley, and he's got extreme power from the back of the, the court and incredible balance and timing. So I'm actually going to go out on a bit of a limb. I know it's ridiculous. Djokovic has won 10 of them and say that Alcaraz can get him. Wow! Wow! Okay, well, uh, we'll we'll circle back to that prediction in the uh, in the couple of weeks ahead. Uh, finally, today, great piece you wrote on codesports.com.au on the way A League men's side Melbourne Victory have rebounded this season after finishing second last last season, just eight wins in twenty six matches. They're top of the table and unbeaten this time around. What are the key planks on this turnaround for you? Yeah, it's, it's on and off the field, Piney. It, it kind of triggered me to, to do the article was mainly because I attended a match. The, the one that the, the Knicks played down there oh, it was a few months ago now. It was back in November, and I thought in the back of my head, oh, wow, that's that's really impressive. And then they had a derby, and it was like, wow, this, this crowd is back. And it's, you only circle back 12 months, and there was people was in the aftermath of the pitch invasion, and then they got slapped with, with heavy sanctions, like big financial ones. Fans weren't allowed to sit where they wanted to in the ground. They had to shut up. They couldn't have drums, flags, all of that. But now it's just a wall of noise again. And it, it, it's lifted the players. Tony Popovich has got his recruitment right. So off the field, a lot of work by um, Caroline Carnegie, the DMD, to, to build up the relationship with the fans and take care of all the matters with security in police. And then Tony Popovich has got his recruitment right, which, as you know, is, is ultra important in the A-League. So, um, yeah, the, the, the good times feel like they're back with Melbourne victory. And it, it's good for the league because it's a standard setter, especially in the a place like Melbourne where everyone compares it to AFL. Indeed. Great to chat as always, Adam. Busy old time on your side of the Tasman. Thanks for keeping us updated. We'll uh, chat again next Saturday. Sounds good. Thanks, Piney. For more from Weekend Sport with Jason Pine, listen live to News Talk ZB weekends from midday or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.